0: When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation Did we miss the light? No, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. Have yourself I
1: have a terrible a feeling. Christmas. Did you lock up? Let yeah. Yourself be Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting?
0: Our troubles will be out Kevin! Home Alone. Police in the northern suburbs are on the lookout for a pair of burglars who are calling themselves the Wet Bandits. We know that you're in there. It's Santa Claus and his elf. Get off my property
1: this is my house i have to defend it where's your mother my mom's in the car where's your father he's at work what about your brothers and sisters i'm
0: an only child where do you live can't tell you that why not because you're a stranger he's a kid i mean what can a kid do to us kids are stupid i know i was you still are marv this is it
1: i don't care if i have to get out on your runway and hitchhike i am going to get home to my son
0: Yes! Ah! 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 Where are you, you little creep? I'm gonna kill that kid! Why'd you take your shoes off? Why are
1: you dressed like a chicken? Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll gladly
0: drive you. Hey, guys. Yesterday, he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up or you're thirsty for more? Ah! From John Hughes. You know, I got a
1: feeling this is going to be your best Christmas ever. A family comedy without the family. Ah! Home Alone. Are you here all alone?
0: I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Directed by Chris Columbus. Coming November 16th. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Nick Rokraut. And I'm
1: Sophia Simonello.
0: And from that wonderful trailer, you can see we'll be talking all about Home Alone today. We'll be giving our live Nick and Sophia commentary throughout the entire film.
1: So this is going to be, I think, a lot of fun, potentially crazy.
0: So we will get started very quickly here because It's like an hour and 45-minute movie, and we're just going to play and talk through the entire thing. So if you make it all the way through, we appreciate it. (laughs) This is going to be a lot of fun. All right. Are you ready? ready? Okay, if you want to give an intro to the film, everything. Yeah.
1: So first, Home Alone was directed by Chris Columbus and produced by John Hughes. I think it's a huge deal that this is a John Hughes movie. It has John Hughes all over it. But the first thing I think that's important is we see the 20th Century Fox logo over the top. Originally, this was a Warner Brothers production, but they had so many issues with the production. They had very strict rules about the budget and they kept going over it. And Warner Brothers eventually was like, we are pulling the plug on this, not doing it anymore. And Warner Brothers came in, fired everyone from the project, but John Hughes actually had friends over at Fox and he had convinced them that this script was great and they bought it. So they took over the project and that's why you see 20th Century Fox which is kind of a legal gray area, but they got it made.
0: And now available on Disney Plus again.
1: Originally, John Hughes was actually supposed to direct it, but he handed it over to Chris Columbus, who is this screenwriting prodigy from the 80s. Gremlins, the Goonies, and he's also working on Christmas Chronicles 2, which will come out soon on Netflix.
0: So my first thought is the movie opens on Joe Pesci already in the house. Who let him in? Did he break in? Why is a cop in this house with, like, 15 people running around? Oh, that's
1: great foreshadowing, Kevin. This scene is just already kicking it off. Kevin's this, like, cute little kid. Macaulay Culkin just runs the show the entire movie.
0: When I watched these first couple scenes, I had no recollection of any of the dialogue.
1: Oh, my God. It's so funny. They're just,
0: like, getting ready for this trip, (laughs) and I just forgot everything that was happening.
1: It also just shows that they are such procrastinators like this house is a mess no one is packed and they're supposed to leave early (laughs) in the morning for Paris which you would think you would be all set and ready to go oh this is one of my favorite lines did I burn down the joint? I don't think so.
0: (laughs) Also some great foreshadowing. Yeah. Catch that line again in the very end.
1: And the house is just so beautiful and Christmassy. We'll talk about the production design too.
0: The house is way further outside of Chicago than I thought. It's like even outside of Evanston.
1: It's in Winnetka.
0: Yeah. And it was on the market a few years ago in 2012 and actually Mm -hmm. sold for 1.6 million, which is insane.
1: Worth it. Here comes some great lines from all the siblings. Poor Kevin. So that girl actually who plays Megan ended up after this movie leaving to go compete on the U.S. Olympic judo team.
0: What? <laughs> Here we go. This Here she is comes. This is maybe my favorite line in the whole movie.
1: She's practicing her French. Listen, Kev, what are you so worried about? You know mom's going to pack your stuff anyway. You're what the French call les incompetents. What? oh it's so good and like how do you keep track of where all of these bags are getting ready for this trip i'm getting no so way. anxious also her little pink set with her turtleneck mm-hmm. this is also so good kevin when i grew up and get married i too am living alone <laughs> <laughs> okay here we get buzz in his honestly frightening room i also love how kevin just creeps around
0: <laughs> yeah he just like came in out of nowhere don't you know how to knock wad? Can I sleep in your room? I don't want to sleep on the hide of bed before. If you have something to drink, you'll wet the bed. I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you were growing on my ass.
1: The thing about Macaulay Culkin, too, he really is just the star of this movie. I think he's probably my favorite child actor ever. I'm really hard on Mm -hmm. them, which is not fair because they are children, but he is just brilliant. It's fun, too, to note that the concept for this movie originated... During Uncle Buck. So, when John Hughes was filming Uncle Buck, Macaulay Culkin plays this character who interrogates this would be babysitter through a letter opening in the door. And that was how John Hughes got the idea for this script, which he wrote in a weekend and sent it to Chris Columbus, which is just wild that you write a script that is this iconic with so many great quotes in just a right. weekend.
0: Yeah. All these ideas, I don't know how they just come together so fluidly in your mind it's crazy I mean so old man Marley wasn't in the original script I forget Mm -hmm. who added it but it added this like very emotional heartwarming Christmas tone to the movie that Mm -hmm. I think really does make it very whole
1: right it's very Dickensian too. the ghost of Marley in Christmas Carol so a little ode to that too all right here comes our pizza guy this poor statue that he crashes into every time.
0: Is it still a running bit in two? I forget. Yes. Like right in the beginning? Okay. And I think they actually break it.
1: Yeah. I think you're Maybe. right. I haven't watched okay. two in a while, but I do love two. Oh, I love this too. There's Kieran Culkin, a.k.a. Fuller. And Roman from Succession.
0: Right. Another child actor who made it big.
1: Mm-hmm. This pizza guy, though, he actually got paid more than John Candy, who we'll see later <laughs> in the movie, because... John Candy, of course, friend of John Hughes. He did this movie as kind of a favor and was paid at Mm -hmm. scale instead of getting a big salary. So pizza guy made more. So what do we think Mr. McAllister Peter does for a living?
0: I have no idea. (laughs) This is my god with this salary he's taking his entire family to paris i mean i feel like he has to be a partner in like one of the big four firms Mm -hmm. like something on the stock exchange but he would be in new york if he were in that so i don't know what else i don't
1: know why every single pizza has olives on it (laughs) (laughs) poor kevin
0: and how do they only order one cheese pizza
1: Right. It's a house full
0: of children. You'd think there'd be a lot. And who eats their pizza like that?
1: (laughs) Great line. Not even
0: like being in New York.
1: (laughs) Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi.
0: So there aren't many product placements here, but Pepsi is a Mm -hmm. big one. And it's funny, I started two right after I finished this prepping and it's Coca-Cola in two, not Pepsi. An
1: important switch. So this chair that slams into Fuller was actually made of rubber. So a stunt <laughs> double didn't do that. Like that was actually Kieran Culkin.
0: And I never noticed that they threw away passports and plane tickets when that happened. Oh, yeah. And I'm assuming they were Kevin.
1: Yeah. It says Kevin if you look closely on the ticket.
0: Oh, okay. I mean there were multiple passports though, so someone screwed up
1: Like you're doing you're getting everything for free and you're gonna be such a jerk to Kevin. (laughs) He just wanted his cheese pizza. He's also probably disturbed that his family's drinking Pepsi and milk with their pizza. (laughs) How awful is that? (laughs) I'm also so happy we have Catherine O'Hara in this movie, just a delight of a human being.
0: Right. And of course she like gives the pizza guy a nice tip too.
1: She runs everything in that house. You just know it. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Her earrings and her
1: gray jacket. So Macaulay Culkin actually revealed in an interview in 2014 that he still calls her mom, which Mm -hmm. is really sweet. adorable. And Chris Columbus really wanted her because he really admired her comedy from Second City TV. And I'm paraphrasing this wonderful tweet that I saw a long time ago from Louis Vertel that is he can't identify and we can't identify with the Home Alone kids because we've never taken Katherine O'Hara for granted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on SCTV is where she met John Candy, mm-hmm. who feature in this film. And I think it was really sweet. I read that they were really good friends and he actually passed away on her 40th birthday Mm -hmm. and she ended up giving a eulogy at his funeral, which, I mean, he's had some really iconic films like Uncle Buck, which you mentioned earlier, where this came from and Macaulay's in there as Mm -hmm. well. So I think that's a nice like little double feature if you would have watched that after this.
1: I love Uncle Buck too. I also love how we're talking so much about John Candy and we won't see him for like another hour at least. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Kevin is like such a little brat in this scene, but it's so funny.
0: He just like fully plays into his role, which I think is why we love him so much.
1: Also, I get why he doesn't want to sleep up there. There's so much going on. Flags on the ceiling, like
0: What is that flag? Is that like a the Illinois flag? I-
1: I'm not sure.
0: Because Pesci had that on his jacket.
1: It could be. I don't know my state flags
0: well enough. Also, how is that attic not like freezing with it snowing outside? Oh, I'm sure
1: it is. And as we can tell, the power is about to go out, which good luck, everybody.
0: Right. How did Kevin not wake up <laughs> in the middle of the night like <laughs> Frozen
1: also another way and we'll talk about this throughout too of how this movie couldn't happen today because of cell phones or anything but Mm -hmm. phone lines being out I
0: was gonna say I would have set an alarm just in case but Chris does a really good job of explaining and making sure like everything that happens Mm -hmm. has a reason behind it we'll see a couple later on as well
1: This is also where the music really starts to pop for me.
0: I mean, you get the theme song, which was nominated in the credit scene Mm -hmm. in the beginning, which is one of my favorite of any Christmas movie, really. But it's so good the score is just incredible and just surprising that John Williams wasn't like the first composer on John or Chris's mind.
1: It was originally Bruce Broughton, but he was unavailable to do the music and Chris Columbus was joking around with his crew that like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could get John Williams? And he loved an early cut, so he signed on. My god, this little troublemaker kid.
0: (laughs) He's so annoying. They need to like kick him out. I- He ruins he's so annoying. And then he goes through their bag here and like starts taking pictures on their camera. Like, what are you doing? Who brought a (laughs) yo-yo in the first place to Paris of all places? Oh my God,
1: have a nice trip. Bring me back something French is also so good. Also, Uncle Frank does nothing but complain this entire time. And it's like, you're getting a (laughs) free trip, buddy. You get to sit in first class. These kids are also so chill for what they just went through in the morning.
0: Yeah, they look very put together. If I woke up and had to be ready in 30 minutes, I would mm-hmm. be cranky AF. Yeah. Like, no way I'd be running through an airport. No,
1: and this actually was filmed at O'Hare, so the Chicago airport, which I think is fun. Another mm-hmm. way the Home Alone could never work today, of course, this is pre-9-11, so airport security, you could walk right up to the gate, but also it couldn't happen today because you know that Uncle Frank would never have pre-check. <laughs>
0: They would all have to take their shoes off.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it would be such an issue.
0: And then, wait, take whatever seat's available. I love that.
1: Yeah, like, that's <laughs> only on cool. Southwest. So these people right here, this, like, older lady and the baby and that woman, they're all related to Chris Columbus.
0: Like, his entire family is in this movie. I, It's so funny. Yeah.
1: And they cut so many corners to save money because Mm -hmm. of the budget, and that's one way that they do it, which is so funny.
0: So a lot of our facts are, at least I listened to the director's commentary Mm -hmm. beforehand, which was so much fun. Yeah, I really recommend listening to Chris Columbus and Macaulay Culkin talk. I think it was on the Blu-ray set a couple years ago Mm -hmm. that came out, and it's such a delight hearing everything, and they talk about one thing later on that I read happened differently, so I... (laughs) I don't know what to believe, but I will mention that when it comes up.
1: So I love when Kevin's just wandering around this house. So the house, we talked about the exterior, so that's in Winnetka, but the interior of the house was actually all built inside New Trier High School. So they built this set inside the gym, and that high school's also, of course, where Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Breakfast Club are filmed, so very iconic Chicago movie high school. But if we look at the decor, everything is red and green and very warm, Mm -hmm. and they just wanted it to feel like Christmas which I think it does.
0: And I think they filmed certain scenes in the house, but there aren't many.
1: And like that shot of the plane going by, that's all stock footage too. Like everything related to Paris or to the plane, all stock footage.
0: Like real silverware on the plane, first class, Mm -hmm. Frank being like, fill my class up.
1: I mean, that's a little relatable. True.
0: (laughs) If you're in first class, you're getting, you're going all the way.
1: They also, I think, do a good job of making the house seem like it's clean, but also just in disarray because they left in such a hurry. Mm-hmm. Wrapping paper out, beds unmade.
0: That kitchen was bought clean. That though.
1: kitchen was too clean for the pizza incident that happened the night before. <laughs> also, we saw a mannequin in their bedroom, and then we also see one later downstairs. Do you think, was she a fashion designer mm, maybe?
0: Maybe. There we go. There's one in the yeah, basement too. Machine. Yeah, sewing machine.
1: Also, having grown up in an old house, this basement is just so classic, Old home. Just.
0: This is very real. Yeah.
1: Junk everywhere. (laughs) Unfinished. Scary furnace.
0: One thing I never noticed until I read this before is that we never see Kevin in his actual room.
1: That is true.
0: Like in the very beginning, he goes into his sibling's room to talk about packing mm-hmm. and he's in Buzz's room a lot, his parents' room. But like, I want to see his room. I know. Why isn't he there?
1: And it is kind of funny that he would spend more time in other rooms since like no one is there and he has the house to himself. All right. It's starting to sink in for him that he is about to have a a pretty good vacation here. So this part two, where you have the siblings kind of coming in over his shoulder, his family, this was done by, I'm forgetting his name at the moment, but the special effects were very cheap, of course. And on the commentary, Mm -hmm. they said it was done by this guy who lives in his mom's basement, literally.
0: His name is Kevin Nordine, and we'll come back to this later where I'm saying all this, like, oh, later, later, later. But yeah, he... He did all of this by hand, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it does bring back this, like, 90s nostalgia mm-hmm. film.
1: When he runs up to the camera, too, that works so well. And you wouldn't think that it would, but mm-hmm. it really does. All right, now we're raiding Buzz's room. So I heard that they taped the pages of the Playboy <laughs> together so he couldn't actually see anything that was inside. <laughs> and those firecrackers inspire him, of course, in... Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, when he decides to buy which more firecrackers.
0: Okay. I love this part. So they show Buzz's girlfriend, but it was actually a boy dressed up as a girl because they couldn't, you know, make fun of a girl like that.
1: And they had two different boys, like, dressed up as girls for it, and then they picked between the two of which one they thought was more frightening for Kevin.
0: I mean, it's just a funny picture. <laughs> it is.
1: It's so funny. Regardless,
0: And the fact that he, he keeps this picture in his, like, <laughs> big dresser drawer, like, what? <laughs> Why is it hidden away?
1: This Angels with Filthy Souls movie, I thought was real for a very long time. Like when I was a kid watching this, I was like, oh, what movie is Kevin watching?
0: Is it a short film or anything or no? They just filmed certain scenes.
1: So they just filmed certain scenes. It was cardboard set, essentially, very cheaply made with these two Chicago actors. And they're recreating this noir gangster film of sorts. I read that it was a play on Angels with Dirty Faces from 1938. James Cagney movie mm. what I think is so funny too is that Kevin you know he has his chips his Pepsi his monstrous Sunday, and he puts on <laughs> a 30s noir film
0: yeah incredible he is no normal child who he oh my god he's got like a full ice cream scoop on his spoon and he has a little it's napkin as a disaster. bib. <laughs>
1: that's so funny too because we've talked about like crime movies or horror movies when you're a kid feeling so forbidden and it's just this joy of discovery of watching Mm -hmm. them for the first time and that's totally how Kevin feels here and he instantly regrets his choice. So Peter is played by John Hurd, who was cast because Chris Columbus liked him in Cutter's Way. And he and Catherine O'Hara are also both in After Hours, the Martin Scorsese movie. Oh, wow. Did you read about all the actors who were on the list play him?
0: There were so many actors just across the board to play Harry, Marv, everyone, even the uncle was supposed to be played by Kelsey Grammer.
1: Oh, Kelsey Grammer would be a strange choice there.
0: I could see it, though.
1: I could see it, too. I think just people wouldn't be able to separate him from Frasier. I also just love that Al Pacino was actually offered the part of Peter, which is just imagine him just 90s Pacino doing the voice.
0: So they had just, I think Goodfellas had come out at this point. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously, so Joe Pesci hadn't won for it yet. The Oscars hadn't happened yet. But I also heard on the commentary that he was like a little jealous, I think, of Macaulay for being the number one star in the set and that he was like kind of persnickety on set. But also I heard that he had a lot of fun with it and they just kind of ran with it because they didn't think this movie would come of anything. Mm And they play these just like very over-the-top robbers.
1: I read, too, that this script at first, they were worried it would be hard for people to be able to sympathize with someone who left their kids at home, and that it wouldn't seem plausible that that could happen. Mm -hmm. But I think they do a really good job. All right, so here's Marv, Harry's partner. So now we know Harry... Isn't the cop. He's a robber. And I love how they keep it lit really dark. They talk about this in the director's commentary, too, of how it makes it feel less like a family kids movie it instead makes it seem like it's going to take this turn to be more of a light-hearted crime mm. film and thinking about the casting of these guys too so you talked a little bit about Pesci but Columbus was a huge Goodfellas fan and originally Robert De Niro was also considered for Harry mm-hmm. Pacino in addition to being considered for Peter was considered for Harry and same with John Lovitz and Marv so that's Daniel Stern, and he was the first choice for Marv, but backed out because they wouldn't pay him enough. So, this was back when it was <laughs> Warner Brothers, and then they cast Dan Roebuck instead, but they did screen tests, and Dan Roebuck and Joe Pesci had no chemistry at all. So, they ended up reaching back out to Dan Stern, which worked out so well. And there's this series that's on Netflix, and it's called The Movies That Made Us, and there's an episode about Home Alone, and they have this interview with. Dan Stern is part of it, and he is just kind of beside himself. I can't believe this actually happened. I was a fool for passing it up in the first place, but the fact that they came (laughs) back to me at all... I feel so lucky that that happened. We haven't really talked about box office for this, but this movie did incredibly well at the box office. It was number one for 12 straight weeks in the top 10 for 26 weeks from November 1990
0: through June 1991. That time frame is crazy long. Right? I mean, to be let alone 12 weeks, to be number one at the box office in 1990. Mm -hmm. But to go from 1990 into the next summer is just wild.
1: Right, and for a holiday movie too, to go all the way Mm -hmm. through the spring. And it became the highest grossing film of 91, and it raked in $285 million domestically. The reason I bring this up too, thinking about Dan Stern, a funny story that I heard was that when he was filming City Slickers, It was when Home Alone was in theaters and Billy Crystal would come into his trailer like once a week with a Hollywood reporter and be like, you're number one again. Number one again.
0: Wow. So here we go. We made it to Paris. We're still running through the airport.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So these scenes were actually shot at Midway Airport, another Chicago one. Okay. The idea too of needing to use a payphone and... Needing to use Leslie's address book to call people is so. That's the only thing that dates this movie. (laughs) Like, who carries this
0: huge address book in their purse? (laughs) My God.
1: This movie also came out the same weekend as Rocky Five, but it opened in fewer theaters. So it created this buzz around it. People were talking about Home Alone, but theaters were selling out. So you had to wait to get in, which. Similar to what happened with The Exorcist, interestingly enough. Hmm. And I love that, that, you know, Rocky V was available everywhere and people were seeing it, but Home Alone wasn't. So you really had to get in line and pounce if you wanted to see it.
0: Oh, the olden days when movie theaters sold out. Like, I know. Also, right? I think Jaws and Psycho were mm-hmm. like that.
1: Kevin looks into the camera again. I love that, too. The DP for this, he talks about how he watched a lot of cartoons to prepare. And okay. that's something where I really see that coming coming through Kevin just running really quickly and then running to look into the camera with this big scream running away
0: I like how this cop is wrapping her presence on the job is that <laughs> right. normal?
1: <laughs> this crisis center.
0: And this is kind of fun. The cop that's on the phone right now, he's eating a donut. Mm-hmm. And they had to be really careful with the edits to make it flow naturally. Because mm-hmm. I think he drops the donut. Yep,
1: there it is. Right on. the phone. At one on the point, phone. yeah.
0: And they're like, oh, crap. How are we going to get this and not be? There we go. Yeah. That's so funny.
1: Yeah, he was apparently hard to shoot, too. Because in addition to the editing with the donut he improvised everything so mm-hmm. they didn't really know where it was gonna go and another thing this police station set was also built in the high school so pretty much everything you see is built at nutrier wow. but just seeing that there is really funny i also love the hyper too <laughs> imagine moira R- from schitt's creek caring about her children oh this much <laughs>
0: There's no way. But she like really starts to turn into a Karen here. Mm -hmm. She's like going nuts in this airport. And we'll see that happen again pretty shortly. Mm -hmm. Wait, and this is Chris's father-in-law, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Apparently he still has a SAG benefits card. This just seems like pure hell to me. Just dealing with all of this in the airport. Mm -hmm. Also, if you look out the window of the airport, I don't even know if this was interior or what, but it looks so Midwestern outside.
0: <laughs> it does not look like a Parisian international mm-hmm. airport, that's for sure. No. There's like one plane in the background. <laughs> so there's two days away is Friday. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the timeline of everything mm-hmm. because we can kind of figure it out, but it's like, is Friday Christmas? Is that when they get home too?
1: Yeah, so they get home on Christmas day.
0: How do you get a flight home on Christmas day? I don't, I don't mm-hmm. get it. Anyway, the mom is willing to wait on standby in this Paris airport, just like while her family goes and enjoys Paris. That's crazy to me. I know. I mean, yes, she forgot her child at home, but...
1: I know, but the fact that like, everyone else just gets to leave.
0: <laughs> they're like, okay, bye. We'll see you later on the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> like,
1: Oh, this is when Kevin starts to become even more of a ham. <laughs> yeah. I just think and they talk about this in the commentary, if you were watching the dailies of this, I would be just crying, laughing so hard.
0: It'd be so much fun.
1: And I read too that was Macaulay's idea to keep his hands there and create that iconic scream face shot. Yeah.
0: His improving in this film is legendary. It's so good. He's got some great lines and all of them work.
1: Are we gonna start talking about the stunt double here? <laughs>
0: You can't really tell with him here. I Mm -hmm. wish you could notice more. At least I couldn't. I couldn't
1: either. This one seems okay.
0: Yeah. Like that almost seems like him. I was like, that is very dangerous.
1: I know, right? So his stunt double was 30 years old. And there are scenes later where you can really tell the stunt doubles. I also love how Buzz's life savings is like $4. (laughs) (laughs) I love Kevin's outdoor attire.
0: Everything matches. Mm -hmm. I love that hat.
1: Harry and Marv. Such pests. I always got really sad as a kid watching this because I was like, ugh, robbing someone at Christmas. It's just awful. Mm -hmm. Breaking everything. Not very smart. I think the brilliant part of both Pesci and Stern's comedy is they lean into their characters so hard. Mm -hmm. Pesci is this, again, brash character like he is in every movie that he's in pretty much. But he's the one who's more calculated, who's... Planning everything, and Marv is such an idiot. Like, look at him here in this, like, the goggles, the snorkel mask. The yeah. snorkel mask.
0: <laughs> I mean, also, didn't they know their neighbors were going to Florida? So why is he calling and saying, "Hey, we're here. Please call us." Like, doesn't make any sense. Okay,
1: you're the dentist here. Take it away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this ADA approved. It should be on the toothbrush too may I help you? Is this toothbrush approved by the American Dental Association? So this scene when Kevin's in the store buying a toothbrush, this was the first scene that he actually filmed and this cash register is like, How the heck am I supposed to know if this toothbrush is approved or not? Kevin, you just got to use soft bristles. That's all.
1: And they're so serious. This man. I I don't know. I also (laughs) just do have an issue with Marley. Like, how would Kevin not be terrified? He just comes up and slams his bloody hand on the glass. Yeah, Those
0: boots are terrifying. So just make a note that. His hand is wrapped in some kind of heavy gauze with a blood stain running through it. And we'll come back to this.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh my God, there he goes.
0: And he's like, why didn't you just tell him that it was approved? Yeah,
1: just be like, (laughs) it's approved. So this pharmacy, Hubbard Woods, is now a Grater's ice cream in Illinois. Oh,
0: that's cool. For
1: our Ohio listeners and or ice cream fans out there. (laughs) So the ice that he runs over is actually made of frozen coils of glycol so it was not cold enough for all the snow they actually started shooting Mm -hmm. on valentine's day in 1990 which is when this was filmed but so you could get a cold february Mm -hmm. but they did not but yeah
0: Apparently, it was too warm, and like the snow started melting, so mm-hmm. they were like rushing to get everything filmed. I mean, it looks pretty real.
1: Yeah, it does. I love just how when Kevin realizes he's taking the toothbrush, because he was scared when he's walking home here, he's just like, I'm a criminal. Also, why did he need a toothbrush?
0: <laughs> That's the one thing he needed from the store. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't... And you saw his sibling put a toothbrush into his pocket earlier, not even into his suitcase when they were packing, so... <laughs> They got some weird toothbrush thing going on in <laughs> the house. They
1: really do. Also, did you notice in the previous scene with Harry and Marv that Harry had a wedding ring on? No. Yeah, he was wearing a wedding ring, and I wonder if he stole it, hmm. like if someone left it behind.
0: Oh, maybe.
1: You know, like in Rear Window, Grace Kelly tells us that you never leave your wedding ring behind, but maybe this guy did, or Harry's married. Either way, it's kind of frightening.
0: Another really impressive shot coming up.
1: Oh my god, I love this. So they-
0: <laughs> They almost hit Kevin here, but it was actually filmed in reverse and it was like super tricky to film trying to get (laughs) Kevin walking backwards with a good enough cadence that, you know, they could play it in reverse and it looked believable. That would be hard. And I like how the van is okay plumbing.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Kevin's putting it all together here. (laughs) Just walking in the middle of the road.
0: Yeah. Those sidewalks are nicely plowed.
1: Yeah. It's so funny how he just does that model turn, look over his shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. Also, they are so creepy. How do they think that they're being this is, even somewhat yeah. normal here?
0: They're the only car on the street, let alone <laughs> 10 feet behind him. Starts
1: his little jog. And they're jog. like,
0: why is he running? Why would he run? Because you're following him. God, I'd be freaked out too. I know,
1: I'd be sprinting away. We'll have more notes on this church coming up. I always love how Kevin like hides in plain sight, kind of, in the Nativity. He's so such a crafty little thing. This is just practice.
0: Now, how do they what's not to see him go into I the know. Nativity? <laughs> He, like, ran straight for it.
1: And they, like, slow down to look at it and still can't see him. They were really operating at a deficit from the beginning with this kid. He knows what he has to do. The house looks so beautiful all lit up like that. I love the shot. The house now, it has this fence up around it, which I understand. I like, think that's fine.
0: Because it's a movie house? Yeah, or... they don't want people
1: to come yeah. in.
0: Maybe my favorite Christmas song played in a movie here, "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree.
1: That's good. So I'm definitely leaning towards Kate Catherine O'Hara being a fashion designer with all of these dressmakers dummies and mannequins. <laughs> But that one with the guitar kind of looks like Aunt Leslie
0: (laughs) with the wig. And Macaulay Culkin was actually supposed to be playing the piano here. And he actually took lessons and it just like wasn't working Mm -hmm. out. So they (laughs) reframed this scene. And it plays so well. We saw the Michael Jordan cutout from Buzz's room. Mm -hmm. There he is again. Oh, so cute.
1: Another stock photo of Paris. This is so nice. Just with It's a Wonderful Life in French. (laughs) Fuller does not want to be there.
0: Why don't they have subtitles on? I know.
1: I also really want to know more about Uncle Rob and Aunt Georgette, because in the second one, their brownstone is getting totally renovated, and that's where Kevin sets his traps.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that was who that was. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I also, in addition to wondering what Peter does for a living, what do they do <laughs> to have this beautiful to own a French apartment? In New York City,
0: yeah. Oh, they own this too. Yeah,
1: they're visiting them oh my in god. France. Like they live there.
0: I thought this was just some like bougie hotel. Either way, like right. my god.
1: Because then is the cousin with the Northwestern shirt whose name I'm blanking on. She's their daughter. Okay. It's hard to keep all the family members straight because there are so many of them.
0: I cannot, obviously. I don't know who anybody is except Buzz and What's kind of fun, I would like to see more of them, like a longer director's cut of the family in France. And they had cut more of that scene mm-hmm. because the test audience just didn't really care for the family. They wanted to see more of Kevin.
1: Yeah. And Buzz was really mean in that scene, in the extended version, mm-hmm. I guess. So they cut okay. back on that too.
0: I mean, he's a mean character, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Again, crafty Kevin. Found a new favorite movie. <laughs> Angels with filthy souls. (laughs) I love how in both this one and the second one, I've talked about the second one a lot, he really capitalizes on his time alone as an opportunity to eat whatever he wants. Without having to worry about what other people want, and cheese pizza is his favorite thing. That's the thing. one
0: thing he finally got it. Did he take? He took the money though, right? I think so.
1: Also, just imagine you—if you're this pizza guy—you have to remember what the situation was in that house earlier, yeah, like a few like, days oh God, ago. Oh I gotta
0: come back here.
1: <laughs> and now we have gangsters ordering one cheese pizza. <laughs> okay,
0: timeline. Has it been one or two days? Is it the following day?
1: Yes, it's the next night.
0: So literally two nights in a row, they order pizza, in a way.
1: (laughs) This woman, imagine you're in an airport, and this woman comes up to you and is like, hey, it's Christmas, but I need you to switch flights with me because I left my kid back in the States by accident.
0: (laughs) They're upgrading her from first class, let alone adding all of these things. I know.
1: (laughs) She's bartering. A
0: shoebox full of them.
1: I also, who keeps their earrings in a (laughs) shoebox? I love Catherine's tone in that line. I know. She's the best. We have old soul Kevin again watching Johnny Carson. <laughs> I love this kid so much.
0: <laughs> Just has a framed photo of his family. Oh my God.
1: Oh, that's so sweet.
0: He looks around, makes sure nobody's watching us. and kisses the photo.
1: So sweet. Oh, I love when he sings. Great moment. Love it. Hamming it up.
0: I'm of a wife. Christmas, just like the ones I used to know Where Because he didn't learn the first time yeah, <laughs> <a tradition laughs> <to him. laughs> I don't think I understood what this meant when I like saw this movie years and years ago I was like, why is he screaming? Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love how he goes to the grocery store. This is such a good scene.
0: So, in the initial trailer we played before the episode, you can hear they do this scene here, but it's from a deleted scene where the manager is asking all the questions and he's standing behind her. So, if you watch the trailer, you can see this. Mm. And there's also another deleted scene where they intro the Wet Bandits via a news segment, and that doesn't actually happen in the movie.
1: It's interesting when directors choose to do that. This cashier is so rude. I love learning, too, that he ad-libbed quite a bit of this.
0: Mm-hmm. She just kept asking question after question, mm-hmm. and he was on his game.
1: When he says, because you're a stranger, that was the really good... Mm-hmm improv line.
0: She's like, okay, that was really good. <laughs> <Turn> <laughs> She's like, line. fine. I want to know how he did this. I rewound this so many times. I was trying to see if, you know, it was just he let his hands go or what happened. But that backdrop is so perfectly done. It's so good. And his face is like, are you kidding me?
1: Who among us, right? I mean.
0: Me too, you know, heading <laughs> home on the subway yep. and a bag breaks <laughs> and I have to carry everything home. Oh my God. It's the worst.
1: I heard too, it was like some type of string pull was how they pulled it off. Like that I okay. took the bottom of the bag out.
0: Yeah. I think with his left hand, you can kind of tell, but it's really tough. Mm-hmm. I gave up.
1: These robbers really are relentless they really want to get in that house which i understand why i guess
0: so now this is christmas eve right
1: yes this is this christmas is the eve night
0: they rob the house mm-hmm. so this is christmas eve which i'm surprised they i guess they just like don't make more apparent
1: I think, too, like, if you do think about the timeline, it does kind of make sense. The kids would have been in school, like, up until like maybe, like, the 21st or 22nd. Well, also, it's funny, too, we have to mention that Uncle Frank and Aunt Leslie are from Ohio.
0: They don't live in Chicago? They just came no, in? No,
1: because there's a part when she says, my brother-in-law flew in from Ohio today okay. when she's paying the pizza guy. Yeah. So I'm sure they paid, maybe they didn't pay for that flight either. Who knows? <laughs>
0: I'd be like, we're paying for Paris, but you get your butts here. It's, <laughs> yeah. That's enough.
1: Drive if you need to.
0: Yeah, it's six hours.
1: His comedy is so good here. Dan Stern. He just looks so confused.
0: Fully playing into it now.
1: Columbus on the commentary noted that he almost looks bird-like, which is so true.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I totally see it.
1: I love Kevin leaning into that character too, (laughs) just laughing maniacally.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Again, getting so much mileage out of that movie. They should have sent Perry. Pesci would have understood the... The gangster voices he would have been like no this is a movie i've seen them all i've been in them all
0: <laughs> well he kind of makes the connection he's like snakes snakes
1: yeah they have such great chemistry as the robbers it was such a good call to cast both of i them. couldn't
0: imagine anyone differently right. yeah it's like tall and short mm-hmm. smart and dumb mm-hmm. the duality is great between them yeah okay there we go. So told us it's Christmas Eve.
1: I also just got so excited because I saw John Candy. Yeah. These airline workers who have to deal with her, they did nothing wrong. You're right. She really That's is it. a Karen in these scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so did you hear about how there were conspiracy theorists who thought that guy standing behind her was Elvis?
0: Yes. <laughs> what? I see it. But like, who the heck thought he was real?
1: Oh, I love John Candy so much. He shot his part in one day.
0: 23 hours. That's crazy. He's just like doing a friend a favor. Mm-hmm. They were filming like in the middle of the night. My eyes would have been half open like how am I still doing this? Oh
1: yeah. But you do have to imagine I think if you're filming with John Candy, if anything is keeping you awake, it's him. I would have a conversation <laughs> with him at any, any point. And it's so sad now to think about he's no longer with us of course, but he just seems... Ugh, just so funny and mm. vibrant and warm in this movie. I'm just thinking this is improvised.
0: Yeah, I think if not all, many of his lines are improvised. And I think it's funny here how long he goes on mm-hmm. <laughs> with trying to like have her recognize him. <laughs> it's like, obviously, she has no idea what polka man you are. And his character is actually based off a real person. His name is Jan Lewin. But he's called the Polka King, and Aww. his story is kind of tragic. He went to jail for a long time. Oh. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> that guy that we saw in the background who just waved to her, and she's kind of like, "Ooh, I don't, I don't know about this." Um, he was actually John Hughes's driver and okay. a member of Teamsters, and he gave Macaulay Culkin a little Teamsters jacket when filming Aww. was done. This is also just such a midwestern interaction, just. Just telling a stranger yeah. life story and saying, Oh, we're heading that way. We'll take you to come along.
0: And we see later that they're in like a budget car rental <laughs> van, and that's how they drive from Scranton, PA to Chicago, which is through Ohio. So that's like, I don't know, like an eight plus hour drive oh, yeah. in the back of a rental van. Right. My God.
1: Oh yeah, when she's sitting in the back, we'll get there eventually. As someone who gets motion sickness very easily, no thank you. I love how Kevin just cuts down a tree and starts decorating it. He is really relatable to me because he loves Christmas so much. And I think Chris Columbus, he really loved Christmas. He was really, really excited to make this movie that was a family comedy, but that was also ultimately this heartwarming story about family at Christmas Mm -hmm. and I think he he balances both of those things so well and I think a lot of that too is of course John Hughes's writing so Chris Columbus he'd been wanting to make a Christmas movie for a while and he was supposed to direct Christmas Vacation like the Christmas Vacation Mm -hmm. which I love but Chevy Chase notorious jerk
0: oh my god
1: (laughs) they did not click at all and he thought he was too inexperienced to direct it so wow. he left the project. And I heard too that because Chris Columbus was so good with the kids on the set of Home Alone, he got Harry Potter.
0: Okay. Probably another big movie that he's really known for, at least in like the modern generation.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's <laughs> so good. You can't also just tell that they're really good friends.
0: If they were strangers, like having this guy ad lib the whole time, uh-huh. i if I was Catherine be like what is he doing mm-hmm. screwing me up the whole time
1: <laughs> so this elf is actually the dp julio Macat, his wife more nepotism we love it i think it's funny too how film critics didn't really like this movie at all like siskel and ebert didn't yeah. like it didn't do well with critics but did so well with audiences
0: somebody later on had to come back and apologize it was john Hurt, right yes during home alone too they actually have it taped but he like apologized about not believing in home alone being this hit and it's just crazy yeah i think i feel like another critic did too
1: i heard somewhere that i think it was either siskel or ebert had to go film some type of special and it was like in front of the house or somewhere on the set and oh like after the Maybe success of the movie and that car actually did stall in the set. That's something that they didn't plan Just for that great happened. Mm-hmm. This movie is one of those cases I think of, you know, we hear these stories in Hollywood of movies that weren't supposed to happen or had so many things go wrong on set or that went right that, that ended up yielding a really great result. And this is a perfect example of that. No one saw mm-hmm. this coming. This one book that I have too, it's called The Big Picture. It's by William Goldman, the screenwriter. He talked about how before Home Alone came out, everyone was like, what's Home Alone? I don't know what that is. And it's so funny because he has this little note from an essay that he wrote before it came out. It just said, Home Alone, like no idea, but it's a John Hughes movie. And John Hughes movies make money.
0: So here we go. We're back at the church. Mm-hmm. We just heard Somewhere in My Memory again. Uh, so good. One of the best scenes, I think, of the entire movie.
1: Chris Columbus's favorite scene too. So this church, the interior... It was actually Protestant and they didn't want them to put statues up in the church, but they had this very clear vision that they wanted these statues because they wanted the church to seem kind of creepy to Kevin. Like they wanted it to seem mm-hmm. like he might be, you know, scared to go in there. And they had this whole ordeal with, were they allowed to put statues up or not? And they luckily got their way. But this church is... I mean, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's really nice. It's really pretty. It was also where... Robert Altman film a wedding was shot which I haven't seen I need to see it adding it to my list me neither I like too how it plays on you know a lot of these people are sitting there alone in the church the idea of you know we have this slapstick comedy throughout but this idea of being alone at the holidays and that feeling Mm -hmm. Kevin (laughs) (laughs) it's like buddy there's so many people around you are fine but when you are a kid, there is, you know, you have those neighborhood legends of a scary house or a person in your neighborhood, and mm-hmm. it just is totally unfounded, but you're still afraid because you're, what, nine years old?
0: Yeah, he's a, he's actually eight, but he's playing a nine-year-old. Yeah.
1: I also just love when you're watching this movie, knowing that he has this this really nice conversation with Marley, and he's about to go completely destroy these robbers. <laughs>
0: So many good lines. And mm-hmm. it's such a deep conversation they have and kind of adds an element with Marley almost looking like a Santa Claus. But they just talk about overcoming their fears and their problems with their family.
1: Yeah. And I think this is what you learn to similar to like the pigeon lady in the second one, that
0: mm-hmm.
1: we have so many characters and like people in our lives who are completely misunderstood. And you can make assumptions about them. But it's such a beautiful moment when you actually get to learn more about them and, you know, hear their struggles and what they're going through. And to be able to have a connection mm-hmm. like this with an adult as a child, I think, is that's a really powerful moment for Kevin.
0: One of my favorite lines. Mm. You can be too old for a lot of things, but you're never too old to be afraid.
1: And I like, too, how when they were shooting this and writing this, that they worried that this would be a point where audiences would tap out. But mm-hmm. everyone was just totally transfixed.
0: I feel so much like Marley in this. <laughs> like you just don't believe anything. And then there's Kevin just be like, why don't you do it? At least mm-hmm. you'll know if you do it. Right. It's like, yeah, I know it's that easy. But like, uh uh-huh.
1: well, I love here that, right, they can both. They're clearly from very different generations and have very different mm-hmm. life experiences, but can give each other advice. We always say, you mm-hmm. know, you can always learn something from someone else and I really like that we also talk a lot about Kevin well actually Macaulay Culkin's abilities as a comedic actor and with improvising a lot of his lines but he's also really good at dramatic acting
0: Mm -hmm. just going back and forth Mm -hmm. so they shook hands and you can see that his gruesome wrapping of his hand is now turned into a band-aid and then we'll have the final reveal at the very end but he's showing that his hand is healing, and he's kind of bridging this gap as he attempts to reach out to his his son and family.
1: I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing because Kevin just took off running. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've got to set up my traps.
0: Running out of the church.
1: I also love this part of the score. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Christmas. Yep you know something's about to go down in that house.
0: It's like perfect montage music, Mm -hmm. too.
1: I also just love this idea of the house being like Kevin's fortress that he has to protect. There's the gray line. (laughs) The map. And the
0: fact that he drew this map. It's pretty impressive. It really is. That Macaulay actually drew it.
1: I just love the words on it, too. Like, heavy cans. One thing that I've always thought just over the years with all the traps that he sets up in the house, it's good that he drew the map to remember where everything was because
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'd be worried I'd walk into one of my own traps. (laughs) (laughs) That nail oof. Which
0: probably the worst. I was gonna say, what do
1: you think is the worst one?
0: (laughs) So there was a scientist who like actually talked about Each of the traps Uh and how plausible and how bad they actually were. I think the doorknob was the worst.
1: Oh, the brand. Yeah.
0: Being glowing red hot, that means it's like almost hot enough to like spontaneously burst into flames. (laughs) And obviously his hand like doesn't burn off completely, which it probably would have in real life. But we can we can talk about each trap as they come up. Yeah. So it's nearing nine. We're getting there.
1: Mm-hmm. Parked right in front of the house like the rookies that they are. It's like parked <laughs> down the block, guys. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> lit the candle, set the table. I love that line, too. Bless this highly nutritious microwavable macaroni and cheese dinner and the people who sold it on sale. Amen. It always bothered me that he never got and to eat his dinner, mac and cheese.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, not even a bite. I would have scarfed a couple spoonfuls down.
1: That's what I was thinking. Like, knowing myself, I would have taken the plate with me into the kitchen.
0: <laughs> He's just so cool, calm, and collected through all of this. Mm-hmm. I, If I was in his position, I'd be terrified.
1: Yeah. I would have just called the police long ago. But I guess the phone right. lines are down. So this seems like a, a last case scenario. <laughs> starts out strong, wielding a gun.
0: So in this shot here, we get something that I said we would mention, is when Kevin Nordine, who watched the BB come out of the gun here, and you'll see it's gold, and he hand-painted that. Oh, that's cool. It's so quick. It kind of reminds me of a snitch from Harry Potter. Yeah.
1: I love, too, when we see Harry getting angry, Joe Pesci had a lot of problems with the script, because there wasn't Any swearing, and he was used to the Scorsese script, so he kind of invented his own language to keep himself from swearing on the set.
0: (laughs) We did get one swear word earlier from Marv when he drops his shoe in the kitchen through the little doggy door. Yeah.
1: Also, that would hurt so badly. I think from there, I just go home. I just.
0: (laughs) Both of their backs are broken already. Like, there's no way they're getting in this house.
1: I love learning, too, about just all of the sound effects and the editing of, like, getting that crowbar to fall just right and what sound that would make. Mm
0: -hmm. Things that just happen so fluidly, Mm -hmm. you don't think about how any of that happens. Yeah. And I'm sure it would be really hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) I've rewatched this movie so many times and I still laugh at all of these little tricks.
1: And they talk about, too, how the stunt doubles, like, they'd be like, oh, are you are you good? Like, are you actually okay right now? like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> just pop back up. I love this, too, how he's trying to use the crowbar to get in mm-hmm. and then just pushes it open. <laughs> so I know you said that the hot doorknob would be the worst, but I really think in both movies, in the first one and the second one, Marv gets it the worst.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: And the iron here, it's great. Ugh. Ugh. Leaves that great print, too. Again, I really would just call it quits after the steps.
0: They're just so determined. And with this, Uh, so the M on the doorknob is a throwback to not only Raiders of the Lost Ark, but Fritz Lang's M. I
1: love M on HBO Max right now. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Here we
0: go. (laughs) So he had rubber feet in this part, which apparently Bruce Willis also had in Die Hard. Mm. Still... Oh, my God. I love this kind of as an ode to to Die
1: Hard. Ooh, got to look away. One of my biggest nitpicks with Die Hard was always, why wasn't Bruce Willis wearing shoes? And I love that as this kind of comparing (laughs) to Die Hard there. You mentioned earlier the -the over-the-top performances they gave because they thought, like, no one's going to see this movie. I love it.
0: It's just very, like, Three Stooges almost. Mm -hmm. And they got that shot with uh, the blowtorch to the head using mirrors. Yeah, And then I think it was like a fake, a dummy head too.
1: Yeah, and Chris Columbus still has that dummy head. But he says he doesn't keep it on display or anything because it would be weird to have the head out.
0: (laughs) I can't believe he goes outside without shoes on. Back to the ice and snow.
1: Honestly, the snow might feel good on that foot though. I don't know. (laughs) Also, his outfit that he's wearing. Did you notice he's wearing what looks like a three-piece suit under that coat? (laughs) And the fact that there are so many traps still to come for them. Right. This one right here, I guess, didn't play that well with audiences. It was a little too soft. They wanted something even more gruesome, which most of them are pretty violent. This is yeah. a lighter one.
0: I don't mind it. No. This Oh, this one. It's Back like, to gruesome, though.
1: Wouldn't you look down after you just stepped on a nail?
0: He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. learn his lesson. I know. And the the ornaments were made of candy sugar. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is not a double, too. So... That's actually yeah, sure Stern stepped on them. Didn't feel amazing.
0: <laughs> He's still, <laughs> He's still
1: like, trying to step like, on
0: them. <laughs> kick him out of the way.
1: <sighs> I love this too.
0: For The second time on their backs. I
1: love that Dude. so much. Do you guys give uh, up or are you thirsty line. for more?
0: Another improv. Mm-hmm.
1: I love the family photos they have <laughs> hanging up.
0: Love. I like how he calls the cops in this really deep voice and calls, my name's Murphy <laughs> as like their last name. doesn't <laughs> know their first name. In the commentary they said that Marv couldn't scream here, but I think he did scream. He later said he asked, and they told him spiders don't have ears, so he like fully screamed, this is real. Oh my god. Still, I I'm sure I would do the same. Yeah. I couldn't imagine having that on my face. Yeah,
1: and he wanted to film that. Like he wanted it on his face, which is just like ooh, commitment to the bit, I guess. But I mean
0: yeah, a fake just wouldn't have it would have taken me. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: it wouldn't it wouldn't have looked right. Oh, this is so good too. The idea that that spider has just been loose in the house for a few days now—I
0: can't.
1: <laughs> it's scarier than just any robber. It, All right, here's I, the stunt yeah. double. Here we go.
0: That still looks like him. My look there, though. What a good job! <laughs> Bowl kind of it's haircut. The haircut. That does it?
1: Most of them are pretty good, though. The ones that are noticeable, also, it's not a criticism. It's more of just a funny observation that I really didn't notice until the director's commentary. I feel like this part would also be the worst. So how is he grabbing onto that rope with a burned hand? Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, recalls my viewing of Frozen from 2010 when they climb on the wire.
1: (laughs) I love his line readings are just so good. Oh God.
0: Third time.
1: Okay, now do you see Harry's outfit?
0: Yeah, I guess they're gonna look good doing whatever robbing they're up Mm -hmm. to. So was his plan here to have him follow them in the basement and lock them in.
1: I'm not sure what his plan was here.
0: Like, how did he not think that they'd go in upstairs?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he thought that they would follow him. So this was actually filmed also at New Trier High School in the pool.
0: Which I don't get at all. It just, it looks so well done. It does. It's really cool. how is that a pool? It's really good. So I think it was the first thing that Macaulay said on the commentary was how Joe Pesci, they don't actually show it. They cut before he does it, but he actually bit Macaulay's finger and he still has a scar from oh it. Oh my
1: God. Is, yeah.
0: Imagine being eight years old and okay. <laughs> this guy biting your finger. Right. <laughs> Wait, another good shot. Oh, I missed it. Um, <laughs> the stunt double there. Oh, the stunt double <laughs> for Marley. Yeah, he's like this kid with like in a beard. It's so miss Blaze it's really
1: funny i love this shot too of kevin looking out the window It's so funny it would have been so fun to see this like back when it came out in theaters mm-hmm. i can't even count how many times i've seen it thinking about it now especially
0: with my like mindset of going to a movie and like critics panned it but audiences loved it uh-huh. that is like the most skeptical kind of movie for me mm-hmm. and i would have gone in and just been like oh my god i love this so me much. too
1: Oh, yeah, I love this part.
0: So all of those traps and the one that contorts Harry's face is the shovel to the face. That's it. Nothing else. None of the falls, none of the blowtorch. Like it's the shovel that makes him look like he got beat up by a bunch of people.
1: I love too how just, you know, we have this crazy violent sequence that we have, right? With the robbers coming in. And then now we're back to Kevin's loneliness on Christmas Eve without his family.
0: Mm-hmm. So these scenes were filmed now with John Candy and Catherine O'Hara, hopefully not in the back of a van, but from like 4 to 5am.
1: Speaking of night owls too, I learned that John Hughes was a big night owl and got his best work done between like 9pm and 5am.
0: I mean, that makes sense now. I I could Could
1: never, could never do it. But whatever works for him. I mean, it worked. And it's just wild too, that it came together that they got this incredible cast. You have a John Hughes script they found a director Chris Columbus ended up being the perfect director they had this incredible partnership and the thing too is like Chris Columbus had directed Adventures in Babysitting and Heartbreak Hotel which was a total bomb And most of the crew Mm -hmm. was from Heartbreak Hotel and had Mm. little experience. Like the DP, Julio McCott was really nervous to shoot the movie. The editor was like a second editor on Heartbreak Hotel. So it worked out. The snow here is so beautiful. So I learned that they had this running rule on the set that once they got snow, they were going to drop everything and shoot the last scene of the movie. (laughs) And sure enough, Snow came one day. Wow. They dropped everything and they said, we're shooting this morning. We're shooting the ending. So this actually is real snow.
0: Wonderful score again. Mm
1: I want to hire Kevin to clean my house.
0: And to decorate. My God. He put everything up, put everything back. I'm sure Buzz's room is still a mess, but.
1: Well, we'll get there. (laughs) Like
0: totally packed with everything. (laughs) Yeah. He probably
1: just shoved everything in Buzz's room. There was also originally supposed to be a scene with Catherine O'Hara saying goodbye to John Candy, but they cut it. I
0: just want to see a movie of all of John Candy's footage. Mm -hmm. Mom is on her stocking.
1: (laughs) So funny. He's such a good little actor. He gets this face so right
0: he's kind of playing coy like mm-hmm. giving this face yeah you left me alone right on Christmas Like I'm
1: mad you did this to me which he should be mad
0: and she's like oh my god I lost him mm-hmm. that's it <laughs>
1: <laughs> she has to just be so relieved too that like he's okay not only is he okay he decorated mm-hmm. for Christmas and then they just all magically get home
0: their face. <laughs> so it's Friday their flight home was this morning and it's 9 a.m. Paris is it's- ahead it's close. So that works. I think it could work. Yeah. Paris is like six hours ahead of me. Yeah, maybe? and they're
1: central time. So that gives them an extra hour.
0: Okay, that's true.
1: How would you feel though if your family like got in and got to spend all that time in Paris and you had this, <laughs> <laughs> you had to ride with the Polka King,
0: Kenosha Kickers. <laughs> so the movie's supposed to end here on kind of like a freeze frame on Kevin. Like, oh, just hung around. But once they added Marley into this, I think this just rounds everything out really nicely. Yeah, I love this part. And find that gold crown on the floor.
1: Do people get gold crowns anymore? Dentist question. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Gold is the best like restorative material. Hmm. It lasts the longest for sure. (laughs) The more you know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I love this. Always gets me. So now final time we see his hand is fully healed. Mm -hmm. Oh. Old wounds can heal. I love that. He's with his family. It's great.
1: So sweet. right? Here comes the final punch. They talk about it's tough to end on poignancy and then comedy, but I think it's a perfect ending. I love the punch. It's amazing. Yeah. We made it. What a wonderful, we wonderful film.
0: <laughs> More score. Oh, we love it.
1: It's always just so fun to watch again. I think it's such a rewatchable classic. I have to watch it every every single Christmas, every holiday season.
0: Oh, every time for sure.
1: <sighs> it just, it holds up so well. Great performances and I think the story behind it, all of the fun little tidbits mm-hmm. and facts just make it an even better film.
0: I think that added so much this time around. I've seen three, which like is actually kind of funny. It's a totally new cast, but I think some notable faces there. I... <sighs> haven't seen four and I think there's a fifth, that's just like too much. They need to stop.
1: Isn't Scarlett Johansson in three?
0: Yeah, she is. I think she's his older sister. I think so. I yeah. Wow. I forgot about that. I'm
1: kind of a purist. I really only rewatch the first two every year, but mm-hmm. the third one was decent. I mean, I think in comparison to the later ones, which I don't know if I even know if I've seen, but it's worth mentioning that Disney plus is really, making a Home Alone series. Oh boy. Which I'm not looking forward to. I don't even know if I'll watch it. I really <laughs> just think, I mean, Macaulay Culkin is the only Kevin McAllister.
0: Yeah. I'm sure they'll all make appearances, but it's going to depend on the cast, on who's making it. Mm-hmm. We, we've we talked about reboots enough on here. Yeah.
1: So Home Alone is available on Disney Plus, like yeah. we mentioned. So if you do want to stream it. Also, I mean, I recommend even just buying it on Blu-ray or DVD so you can get the director's commentary. It's worth it. You'll watch it plenty of times
0: the 4k ultra hd version just came out too i want to say this year or last year which i do really want
1: i can't believe this movie's 30 years old crazy happy anniversary home alone just
0: a classic forever and ever so i think the original release was on november 16th so just a few days prior to this pod being released
1: so next time on oscar wilde we will be doing a mailbag so you've sent in questions, and we've gotten some really interesting ones, and we're excited to just dive into those.
0: So if you hear this, you haven't sent in any questions, send it to us on Twitter at Oscar Wilde Pod, or you can do Instagram with the same handle. Send in some voice memos, too, mm-hmm. that we can play on the air. Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs>
0: but you still have a few days to get those in.
1: If we don't get to your questions this time, we'll definitely answer them on a future mailbag.
0: So thank you if you have made it this far. Thank you so much for listening. Maybe we'll get to another live commentary in the future. Again, submit suggestions.
1: Thank you for listening, everyone. Stay safe and wear your masks.
0: Stay safe, everyone. We'll see you next time.